Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. And we are broadcasting live on Rumble for the free 30 and on Rockfin for the full DNBXR. And we're doing it uh, on video. So if you are here, a subscriber of Rockfin, you can see this entire uh, DMBXR in video after the show or during the show at rockfin.com slash propaganda report. And I am going to launch into the first story while Binkley makes sure that we are live where we say we're live. I think you can even watch this on Twitter right now, if I'm not mistaken. So that's sort of cool. Okay. So, but what is not cool is the top story. Did you see this just came across my screen, although it's been an ongoing story, I guess, for a while. The Chilean-American blogger and YouTuber Gonzalo Lira, do you know who he is? I do not. I hadn't heard of him either, although he's definitely on the radar of people who are prominent, kind of legit Really legit journalist. I think Ava Bartlett, for example, is I mean, if she's deep state, she's so I I can't figure out how because she is out there always speaking truth to power. She's Canadian and she's always covered the serious story. She'll cover Ukraine, everything. And uh, this guy, Gonzalo Lira, he he is a Chilean American, but he's was born in Burbank. He went to Dartmouth. He was a developer of Soldier of Fortune, the game. He was he had a YouTube pseudonym called Coach Red Pill, which he doesn't use anymore. Now he's Gonzalo Lira, which is his real name, supposedly. Anyway, he has gone missing in Ukraine and there are unconfirmed accounts that he was abducted by a unit linked to the neo-Nazi Azov battalion. So and, you know, I don't like usually I don't take this stuff at face value, but it came down from it was a headline on RT. And then when Ava Bartlett said, yeah, we've been worried about him. Then I thought this could be what you see is what you get there. Anyway, he was last heard from in Ukraine almost a week ago. He was reporting from the city of Kharkov, Kharkov, and has been a critic of Zelensky and of Kiev's conduct during this conflict. Now, this is a little weird to me, but. He may, maybe he just is is constantly in the news. So they it was announced that he was missing on April 17th. So he's been missing since April 15th. He was supposed to be on George Galloway. I don't know if you know who he is. He's a fiery and controversial former member of parliament in England. He has a TV program called Moats, the mother of all TV shows or something. I forget what it stands for. Anyway, this guy was going to be his guest on that show, and he just didn't show up, was totally radio silent. So that was kind of announced in real time. Galloway was like, we're alarmed by this. And it says that Lyra himself was saying that the Ukrainian authorities and the radicals, who I think are the like neo-Nazi types, have been really unhappy with his reporting. I mean, they're they're saying real stuff like there's nothing going on in Mariupol, like the whole, you know, there's very little going on there. And, and from what I could, you know, all I knew was really going on is the Azov was in the steel plant and Russia gave them you know, a deadline, but certainly the rest of the stuff, I don't think there's any way to verify, but these guys are kind of telling the truth from the ground there. And he had earlier claimed that the Ukrainian security service had made 
two attempts to, quote, disappear him, but he had escaped. And he also, and this I thought was worth knowing, he blamed the Daily Beast, which is is like a super liberal blog, is that right? For attracting Kiev's attention to him and his work and revealing his location to the law enforcers over there. He even made a video called The Daily Beast is Trying to Get Me Killed. Wow. And uh, another guy who who's been talking about this, Max Blumenthal. I don't I don't know him because I don't follow. I think these are like kind of traditional liberal types who are anti-war, but want truth in journalism like you wouldn't probably like their politics. But I think they're out there. Kind He's of- on Rockfin, that guy. Max Blumenthal? I believe so. Oh, okay. Well, he's he's from Gray Zone News. I think that's yeah, his outlet. That's right. And he got into it with a tweet on Twitter, who, who was also a, someone of prominence, who said that basically Lyra deserves what he gets. He's not disappeared. He was probably arrested because he criticizes Zelensky and the government, and that's illegal. <laughs> so Blumenthal was like, that's the problem. That is the problem. So, uh, but here was something that I thought was kind of funny about this. You know, another, uh, this was just generally speaking, really seemed to get to the point of preposterousness. There was one uh, line from an article I was reading, according to unconfirmed accounts on social media, Lyra could have been abducted by members of the Kraken unit part of the notorious Azov Battalion, Kraken, K-R-A-K-E-N, the Kraken. I mean, that was the what the woman lawyer would say that we're you know, releasing the Kraken and trying to get the election of Donald Trump, you know, recertified or whatever. And so the Kraken seems like a very far right thing if people associate Trump with the far right here. But of course, isn't Trump supposed to be the Russian? So I don't really understand right. how. I mean, I would say it was a total dog whistle, but and maybe it is. You know, maybe it is. Maybe they understand that because these guys obviously are greatly influenced by the U.S. And they're like, hey, put Kraken on it and the MAGA people will think it's a good thing. And because what they want, they definitely want both sides over here to before the Ukraine war. It's not, they're not setting it up where they're kind of letting Republicans not like it. These people who are objecting to it, these reporters, I'm, my guess is that they're all liberal. So anyway, I thought that was really weird. And just uh, to wrap it all up, let me just tell you, Ava Bartlett had said that she'd been exchanging messages with Lyra a week ago And he had at that time been quite worried about his own safety. And she said that he was uh, the only voice or one of the sole voices in the English language speaking critically about what's happening under Zelensky and that it was quite valuable that he was broadcasting from Kharkov. Yeah, well, you know, I can say this. If the Azov Battalion was involved and something happened with him, I'm sure that he is safe and secure because they would never do anything wrong. They are very moral and just, and we are to trust everything that they say because they stand with Ukraine. That's what I believe. Uh, could be, could be. They should probably get rid of that uh, Nazi, Nazi symbol. That would really make it easier. Maybe <laughs> scrub the Nazi swastikas yeah, off your arm. That would make it easier to, to not question you. For sure. So another January 6th, quote, rioter has been arrested, rounded up, and 
I got to say, in this instance, it was the guy, it was his own fault. This is another triumph of the FBI See Something, Say Something program. Here's what happened. This actually happened last year, but it's being exposed today. It's being revealed today. There was this guy who he attended the January 6th rally, and his name is – what did I do with his name? His name is Jerry Braun, and he apparently jumped in an Uber – outside of D.C. or at NDC after attending the rally and after being probed by his Uber driver because oh my we, gosh. <laughs> that sounds crazy. Yeah. He <laughs> claimed to the driver that he helped tear down one of the barricades that oh was in the gosh. path to the Capitol. The cops tore the cops opened the barricade. I know they opened the barricade. I you mean, can see a video of them not really fighting, like almost fake fighting, like you do do with a child. Yeah, and then exactly. one of the cops falls down, and everybody on the other side, the rioters, all sat the barricade <laughs> down and went and helped the officer up. There's a video of this. Yeah, I and know. So this guy tears down a barricade. There's no mention of him actually going in the Capitol or doing anything violent. He simply says, and he could be bragging. We don't even know if he's telling the truth. Yeah, yeah. That he helped tear down a barricade, and that's it. And that was his mistake because he did not know that he was sitting in the car of uh, a snitch, of maybe a future sedition hunter because that Uber driver shortly thereafter – alerted the FBI to what this guy had said and also sent a video of what the guy said that he was taking inside of his I Uber wonder car. if there's Starbucks style messages that go to Uber drivers. We know a lot of Uber drivers, like lots of people are just Uber drivers, but I wonder if there's like they ever get an email that says, Hey, keep your ears open for what people are saying in the backs of cars or maybe regionally, maybe in DC they give them those messages, it's possible. I'm sure they probably do because that got me thinking that what a great place to put a CIA, CIA agent or an operative and somebody <laughs> undercover or even just infect some, somebody in the public with this madness to where they do it on their own. You know, Bernays used to We're like just, to get- You know, the, the Uber guys, yeah, they use their phones for the, the maps and stuff, but... Like my brother, George, the friendly truck driver, he was this was before any of this many years ago. They had they you had to have your own computer terminal hooked up to GPS in the cab of your truck. And he says that's why it's like that outgrowth of the surveillance state that has led to some of these um, this trucker shortage because people just want out. But if they have something like that for Ubers Uber drivers where they can actually just listen, kind of like the ring doorbell thing, that would be really an amazing source of information because you really you really dish with your Uber driver because they give you a social credit score. Yeah, I'm imagining some Amber Alert type thing set up among the Uber drivers so they can all know that they have a live one so they can turn the feed on and have it sent directly to the FBI to get those ESG virtue signal points. The moral here is obviously that what happens in the Uber car does not stay in the Uber car and the person driving you could very well maybe not be an official spy, but be operating as a spy. So don't even talk to him, I guess, would be the point here. (laughs) That guy probably felt good about himself, too. He probably did that and felt good about himself. I talked to Uber drivers all the time. I, I, it was always a great way to find out about because in the beginning, cab drivers, Uber drivers, they were foreign and you could really you get so much more reality from the foreigners. They know like, the, yeah, I mean, well, now they're, now they're are, progressives who will snitch on you. Well, this guy might have ruined this guy's life for simply bragging about knocking a barrier down. And who knows what he even said? Over. He might yeah, have, right. you know what I mean? He might have said he knocks it over by accident. Yeah. 
ridiculous. Okay, on to some more Ukraine-Russia news, because that's what we do these days. <laughs> there are some calls that are happening now for a new Nuremberg trial. This was kind of floated out there recently, not, not real loud, but yesterday and today, the calls for this has amplified. I saw at least two instances here. I was watching a Chatham House panel discussion that happened last night, and the discussion, the Chatham House, one of the most influential think tanks in the world, well over 100 years old. It's like the mother or sister of the CFR, one of those. And the mother, the mother. And the discussion was on holding Russia accountable for its aggression against Ukraine. That was the title of it. And during the discussion, a guy named Mikola Shekovsky. He's from the Council of Europe, which is an international organization founded shortly after World War II that upholds human rights and democracy and the rule of law in Europe. Yeah, that's just part of that Chatham House yeah, CFR yeah. network. It's like Council and, of Rome and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And this guy strongly and repeatedly advocated for a new Nuremberg trial to punish Russia and ultimately set a global model to follow to punish Putin now and any future Putins down I, the road. People, I've heard weird things about the Nuremberg trial, and I wonder if it was kind of like the 9-11 commission, so that what he's calling for is, if he's calling for it, like, you know, if if he was calling for another 9-11 commission, I'd be like, oh, well... We know well, they the hung record. people after the Nuremberg trial. Yeah, uh, yeah, I wonder yeah. if he's calling. He he was very. Yeah. He brought this up, and I've only watched like forty minutes of this thing. There's another forty minutes to go. He's brought this up like four or five times. Every time it comes to him, he comes back to it and reemphasizes how important it is to establish essentially what would be international control over state or over country legal processes and they say the way they want to do it is they want to have the country where the atrocity or whatever war crime took place be the front they're doing it through their judicial system but there will be a council of europe advisory system that supports it and consults throughout the whole process essentially putting their guys in there to control yeah see the way i think of things like that 9-11 commission guantanamo these kind of things and now that you say that they hung people hanged actually hanged people is that the they would that kind of stuff is to right control not just the process, but control the story, control the history, control how it's written. And then, you know, people who know the deeper story of, of who had dirty hands on the other side or where the bodies were buried, they're the ones that you want to hang. They're the ones who like, it's actually, that's what I always think about Guantanamo anyway. It's, I don't think it's about, oh, well, we know these people are guilty, but we don't have enough evidence. So we're just holding them. It's like, they, they are not, it's not necessarily about guilt or innocence, but it's about people having information and you're not being able to trust them. So if you can kill them, that's great. But if you can't, yeah. you got to hold them, you got to lock them up. And then when there was all this outcry against Guantanamo and imprisoning these people, what did Obama do? He just started droning them, which solves the problem even better. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and so he started small bombing them, as we would yes, call it. Tiny bombing. Very small yeah. bombs. And this guy also, and not just him, everybody was in agreement on this too. emphasize that it's not just going to be Putin who's going to be punished. It's going to be people who were complicit in Russia. So they, they're talking about complicit. rounding people up. Yeah. It, it, the tone of this panel discussion is the mo- one of the most intense that I have ever heard in any of these. And they talk about how they influence other world leaders, how they're on certain 
consultory advisory boards of various countries. And they all say they always do these qualifiers where they're like, I don't officially work with this government, but I have worked with so and so to impact the influence of this policy uh, on this you know, country. And it just they kind of lay out how they're controlling things through the this global network of quote, influencers or, or consultancies, and they want a Nuremberg trial. I don't know if they want to hang people, but I that tells me that's where this investigation, this international investigation into these atrocities is going. And shortly thereafter, this was late last night, they did this panel discussion at about 8 a.m. this morning. We had a tweet from the Ukrainian, the official Ukrainian defense account, and they tweeted that the parliaments of Estonia and Lativa have Latvia. Yes, Latvia, thank you, have recognized Russia's war crimes in Ukraine as acts of genocide. They also talked about this there in the panel discussion. And then they said these are the first two countries to do so officially. International investigations into Russian war crimes are continuing and new Nuremberg trials will take place. This is just a few hours after the chat. Wow. Had that panel discussion. Wow. Russia we, is a wow. pariah state in every sense. Now, I think Senate. the actual opposite is happening. I think it's the Russians who are being ethnically cleansed out of right. Ukraine. That's have been for eight years, like. but like right now, yeah. they're being targeted. And, yeah, And I know you'll hate this. They want to do, I think it's called an ad hoc trial where they change the law after the fact oh like they gosh. did yes. at Nuremberg. Yeah. yeah. So that's what's going on there. They're not talking that about that much in the news, but it seems like they will be shortly thereafter. Okay. There is the meaning of the Z. Uh, you know what the Z means yet? We've gotten a bunch of various. I know that, that the Z appeared on Russian tanks. It appeared on Russian tanks. There were some Olympians who, because they could not wear their Russian flags around them, they would wear the Z to show that they represented Russia. Well, we've been, it's been made clear to us by the media that that is definitely a Nazi symbol and it's definitely worse than the swastikas tattooed <laughs> on the Azov battalion's legs and arms. And we should stay away from the letter Z, even though President Zelensky could <laughs> be President Z. Yeah, you know, that's shorten great. That up. Captain Z. But yeah. we got some context of what the Z means from a Russian broadcaster yesterday. And apparently it is associated with the, it is two sevens with one of them upside down is what it is. It's not a Z. Okay. And the broadcaster said that this was on channel one and the anchor was a Vitaly Elisiv. And he said that it symbolizes the two seven stacked with one being upside down and that it represents 77 years since Victory Day or the end of World War II or the Great Patriotic War, as it is known in Russia. And he then went on to describe it as one of the symbols of the special military operations to defend the Donbass and the Daily Beast. We mentioned them earlier. Right, journalist who first reported on this story had an interesting take on Twitter about it. And I'm wondering if her take is going to stick. This is Julie Davis. Yeah. She tweeted about this, this uh, letter Z story. So to celebrate the ending of World War II, Putin decided to start World War Z. I'm wondering oh, if we're going to get World War Z on. instead of did three. You, did you ever see that movie? No, it's a Brad Pitt movie about and the book. I have the book. I tried to get through it. I couldn't. My my yeah. husband loved it, but it's, I think it's about zombies. I could. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's what's coming. Who knows? And then she went on to say Russia. That would be interesting because the idea between behind the zombie symbolism is that some people aren't human. Right. Yeah. Dehumanizing. So you can kill them you know, yeah. without 
normal Any rights. worry or fear. Yeah, you can have joy yeah. killing them. And she said Russia is basically an oversized North Korea, but worse. And then the article goes on to close out by saying it says there were some other explanations, but whatever the real explanation is, this has become a symbol of new Russian ideology and national identity. And it has a sinister overtone, to put it simply. It's going full fascist. So that's what that means. So we have literally Nazis <laughs> with swastikas on their body that the media admits fighting yes. for Russia and the Azov Battalion. And they against support Russia. them against, against Russia and they give them money. And people with the letter Z, they're the fascists. They're the Nazis. This is I've been to Russia twice. And the first time it was a little sketchy. And the second time, like the English guy I was with said it's like germany it's like being in germany it's crazy and everyone's like yeah it's kind of weird i mean literally there's like a gap and a tiffany and stuff but um in moscow but then people are like well that's just because you were in the middle of moscow i'm like whatever it was yeah it was not like it did not feel like being uh in the third reich or in stalin's soviet union it just yeah didn't. yeah all right i got one more quick one for you before we go to the break this is some couple of interesting series of stories that happened yesterday. Did you hear that Taiwan, that China told at the U.S. that Taiwan is now part of China? The Chinese defense minister said yesterday during a phone call with uh, the defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, that if the Taiwan issue were not handled properly, it would have a damaging impact on the relations between the U.S. and China and that China or Taiwan is now part of China. But do you know the backstory of our relationship with them and Taiwan and all that? It's I, I'm surprised they had to assert that. I feel like they already thought that or maybe they didn't. But um, they the way it was is that the 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 communists took over and then the government that wasn't communist removed itself to Taiwan and claims to be China, the real Chinese government. And we agreed to protect them there. And in 19, I think, 79, although we had a much, much longer term agreement with them, Jimmy Carter took our protection away. I remember because my father was really upset because he wouldn't even buy stuff out of China. So then we had not only did Nixon open up China, did China earn most favored nation trading status, but we left Taiwan at the mercy of China. And ever since then, it's kind of been a scary thing that if China wants to invade, they wouldn't be, there's nobody there to protect Taiwan. And we were supposed to be there as an anti-communist thing to protect Taiwan. So I'm surprised that they didn't, I mean, they certainly don't see that Taiwan is a legitimate seat of power for China, but I'm surprised they didn't even assert that they owned it already. They do for Tibet, right? I don't know. Probably they do. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and actually, didn't Trump get flack just for speaking to the Taiwanese? Yeah. They, anytime anybody says anything positive about Taiwan, you have to apologize to China, apparently, especially if you're an actor who, for That's some reason, speaks Mandarin. I don't know if you saw that video a few months ago. No. no there's an, an actor. I can't remember the guy's name. He's a well-known actor. He was in the Suicide Squad. John Cena. Kanye maybe. speaks a little Chinese. Maybe right? it's John Cena. Yeah, he spent some time over in China uh, when he was a kid. But he said something about Taiwan and almost immediately he made a video speaking Mandarin apologizing for the way that he had. I think he said something about Taiwan having independence or something like that. And he immediately was like slapped down and apologized because the film industry is largely funded 
by Taiwan or by China because that's where a lot of the market is and they cater to them. So he had to apologize because he's a big star over there. But that first part of the story about the China claiming that, that's the that's kind of the premise of it. Sure, there was another story after that about how a Taiwan news channel accidentally aired a false report of a Chinese invasion. Did you hear about this one? No. So wow, that is, that's happened before. Right. Right? Isn't isn't that, that happened with like Hawaii and on. Korea? Yes. And it was during a live news broadcast yesterday. They mistakenly showed a news ticker alert at the bottom of the screen about military ships and critical infrastructure being hit by Chinese missiles. And it, it was apparently a drill gone wrong. The alerts were meant for a drill with a fire department in a, in a nearby city, but were mistakenly displayed on the Wednesday morning broadcast due to a technical error, and they had apologized. I don't know. That, to me, feels like, yeah, maybe I'm linking these stories, or maybe this is just a big coincidence, but you have the one story about China says Taiwan is ours, then Taiwan saying China's invading us. Oh, no. Almost seems like practice for what they anticipate to happen and then I, we have this other story at the u.s capitol you know the capitol was evacuated yesterday oh i i knew there was a dust up i didn't know they were actually evacuated yeah the yeah, capitol complex stupid mistake and poor communications another constantly. stupid mistake it yeah. was briefly evacuated after what they said was a probable aircraft intrusion the plane was carrying members of the United States Army Golden Knights, who parachuted into the Nationals of the baseball team, parked for an event. And the Federal Aviation, they issued a statement saying that it's launching review into the incident. And Speaker Pelosi and Congress said they were going to review what went wrong with the apparent failure of the FAA to notify the Capitol Police. And they say it's a communication problem, but it was another accident, yet they did evacuate. There was a little bit of panic. Again, these evacuations, these panics, these practice crisis situations, I don't think that that is an accident. Plus, it's a big it's highlighting the problem of not having top down central control of everything. And you really so I and the Capitol Police, I think has these like extraordinary powers. And I believe that they are set. I'm almost positive. They're setting up shop in various cities around the country. I, at least one in Florida, another one in California. So that that's going to be like the germ for out of which the national police force grows possibly. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a good point. Cause why else would we need a Capitol police in every state? Right. They're like, the because in DC senators go home once in a while, like kind of bullshit. You know? It's like, why do we need NATO in Virginia? Yes. It's similar. So they can expand. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. OK, before we get to the deepest dive of the day where we will try to get to the bottom of the continuing saga of Disney versus DeSantis, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the XR, which is the Madison Cawthorn. Is that how you say his name? I don't know who that is. Madison Cawthorn, the guy who talked about the sex parties. The sex party story gets weirder. The congressional sex party story. Oh, and, oh, the congressman. Yeah, the one in a wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. And a new study finds that this group is the world's best lovers. So we'll tell you who that is. And if Guys you're among them, probably. maybe, perhaps, they who knows. Harder. <laughs> but before we get to that, I want to encourage you to check us out on Rockfin, rockfin.com slash propaganda report. Rockfin is a pro-liberty, pro-free speech video platform where you can find the things that YouTube no longer allows. They let us say the things that the mainstream <laughs> no longer lets us say and ask the questions that need to be asked. So check us out there, rockfin.com slash propaganda report. What you will get through your subscription is you will get ad-free DMB XR Monday through Wednesday with DMB XR live streamed. 
with video on Thursdays. That's exclusively on Rockfin. You get the propaganda report deep dives that we do that tells you what Joe Biden is going to say weeks before Joe Biden says it <laughs> because it comes from these panel discussions at like the Chatham House. Every we're doing that live now, too. Yes, we are also doing that live, and it's a lot of fun. And you also get all of the Rockfin content from all of the Rockfin creators. A lot of great creators on there. Sam Tripoli, Whitney Webb, Jimmy Dore, The Mad Ones, Legit Bat. So fantastic stuff. You get it all for $9.99 a month. Subscribe through our channel, The Propaganda Report. Rockfin.com slash Propaganda Report <laughs> today. All right. Now on to the deepest dive of the day. So the Senate and the House, whatever, in Florida voted to – they're, the way it's being advertised, voted to end the Disney special rights district, and DeSantis is promising to sign it. But it's a really weird situation. So what happened is that uh, a while back, or everybody's heard of, everybody's listening to this has probably heard of the quote, don't say gay law. It's this parental rights law, and I think it applies literally to children in third grade and under. It never says don't say gay. Um, and... Disney was silent on it, and then they supposedly got pressure from their people to pressure the government to abandon that law, which the people the people of Florida wanted. So that caused DeSantis to be mad at them and for other legislators in Florida to say, you guys have all these special rights and then you're mouthing off and you don't even have to pay the same kind of taxes as other citizens, but you want to tell them what to do and we're going to get you back. So that's what it looks like. And that's what my first reading of this was, is like, oh, a little revenge. But there are some strange details to the story, and I'm wondering where it's going to come out. So they they the way they phrased it was any place that's a special district that was established before 1968 and their special district status wasn't renewed since then loses the status. And I was like, why would you phrase it that way? Is anybody else getting affected? Well, there are five, five total or five other, yeah, five total districts that are, that will be affected by that. So in the law, it says, but you can reapply if you want. So I don't know if some of those other districts are getting screwed and maybe that's the real point of this. Like, who knows? I didn't really see that thread dangling. So I assume they will just try to get it renewed. And I thought, well, Disney will probably try to get it renewed. And you know what? Maybe Disney will have bargaining power. So I looked into it and this Disney produces a lot of taxes for that little district and it takes care of a lot of its own municipal costs. Plus it does the service on like a billion dollars worth of bonds for that little place. And this is all going to revert to the counties of Orange and Osceola. So if this, so Orange and Osceola, when they do the math, they might say, this is not a good deal. We would rather them take care of uh, all of that stuff themselves. They are actually, it's a net benefit to us. So maybe, you know, or at least they can make that argument and then Disney gets to come back in and recut the deal, but from a position of strength, because it is quite possible they're a net asset. Then, then there's another weird detail, which is, looks like from two different articles I read that this Reedy Creek district, uh, it 
only has 50 people in it and they're all Disney employees like who live there and maybe votes there. Disney owns basically all the land there. So to an extent, that's any kind of weight in the electoral process and that the that the district itself can reject this, can decide not to follow the law and allow them to maintain their special status. And there, it just seems to me there's absolutely no way if it comes to a vote in the Reedy Creek district that they would, if it was good for them, that they would vote to let this thing get implemented. And one of the state senators said, this is never going to happen anyway. But I still think that there is a good chance that Disney will land on its feet. And the reason I think it's a, an interesting, oh, and the two biggest breaks for Disney, which is a $570 million tax break and a provision that all the hotel taxes that are generated in Orange County get used to promote tourism. So I presume to Orange County. So Disney is still maintaining what looks to me its most valuable perks. And I just I find it interesting because this is one of those things where you want to say what you see is what you get. You want to say, oh, well, I see what happened. Disney said something stupid and they got slapped down. But. I don't think company towns work this way. I don't think governments work this way. I don't think corporations work this way. So I am waiting and watching and keeping you apprised as a as a as an example of how this stuff works to see if Disney lands on its feet or not. The reporting today was that it would be a difficult thing for Disney. It would. It says uh, this. I think was in the journal. The move marks a significant setback for Disney's Florida operations and. Um, it has permitted the company to manage its theme parks with little red tape for more than 50 years. So it may be, it may be that it's hurting Disney, but I just, that is not how I think the world works. So I'm really interested in the story and I'll keep, I'll keep you guys apprised. It'll be like a kind of long-term lesson. <laughs> and I got up, oh, I can't hear you, but I do have a couple of shout outs. Well, I was going to say that this is going to be interesting to see where that goes because it's hard to see Disney getting shut down or even moved, really, because it's so yeah, powerful. They, so much they wouldn't be moved. But are they going to be inconvenienced, restricted? Is there yeah. are their facilities going to decline? It will start making the counties like need to. The example they used in the newspaper was to fill their own pot, to fill the potholes that like, Disney's going to demand a lot of services and they and the debt service is going to revert back to the county. So I think Disney could make it miserable for them. Nobody, I don't think anybody wants this, so I don't think it's going to happen, but, but it will provide a lot of PR, I think to DeSantis to look like he's fighting big corporations, global corporations, whatever. And Disney is kind of an evil empire. And a lot of people think, so let's see what, how it shakes out, but it looks like a stage play looks a little kabuki to me. It really does. And, and I am, I am curious to see how it is going to work. So, all right. So here for my shout outs, one is to us. My last zoom party is this Saturday, 11 AM Pacific to PM Eastern. So it's patron saint only Zoom party. If you want to even just for this one cycle, become a patron saint and catch my last Zoom party. It would be super fun to see you. We're going to kind of try to talk about um, a, a wave of post libertarianism, what that means and what to do with it. Plus anything you want to talk about. 
We're going to be there for that. And uh, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report if you're interested. I'm going to send out the link later today. Thanks for setting that up, Binkley. And then uh, we got a shout out from, I wish we could say it in this guy's voice, but from Scott of the Rye Guys has a shout out, which is worth listening to. Um, because it could be super fun. He says, hey, Prop Report listeners, do you live in central Arizona? If so, would you like to meet other skeptically minded critical thinkers who value peace, freedom, and good old-fashioned fun? (laughs) Of course you would. This summer, the creator of the Rye Guys will be starting a local meetup group for events in the greater Prescott area. And Scott really does his homework. Some of the stuff that he sends me of the research he does, I know he's so active. He's really great at connecting. I mean, if I were anywhere near there, I would absolutely reach out. He says, if you want to make new friends while sharing some laughs, obviously, the Rye Guys, and great conversation, send an email to Scott at info at Rye Guys. That's W-R-Y-G-U-Y-S Rye Guys. Info at RyeGuys.com, and he'll keep you posted as things develop. So, uh, that looks super cool. Yeah, that'd be fun. And those guys seem like a lot of fun to me. And you did a great job impersonating his voice. By the I way. did just for good. a minute there. I should have gotten his character more a little Robbie Parker style, but whatever. Yeah. Okay. All right. Does that wrap it up with a... That's a wrap. I'm going to start taking us down. Okay. Taking the free right. stuff down. But if you're a Rockfin subscriber, go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and you can find the paid stuff. Yes, and you guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content I was telling you about, go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and subscribe through our channel today. We will talk to you guys next time more on the DMBXR. Have a fantastic rest of your day.